You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help us spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help others find this podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. The title of the message is Commissioned. And I think it's a very important, and I want to teach a little bit here this morning. I watched Dr. Charles Stanley. He's been pastoring. He's 85 years of age. And I watched an interview with him him this week on TBN, and and he spoke about his whole life and his ministry, and it really spoke volumes to me. And he still preaches uh, twice every Sunday morning. And he said as a young man, the the anointing on his life was to preach salvation and to see people saved. And that's been the anointing on my life, uh, my whole ministry. But there came a transition time in Dr. Stanley's life and in his ministry where he began to grow people. And I see that happening here with our Bible studies and uh, it's, it's just incredible. So Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and verse 20, He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And then he said, and usually we'll just go right over this. He said, and lo, some translations would say, behold, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Father, we ask that you bless this time and bless the reading of your word. God, open up our hearts. Uh, reveal your word to us, God, that we would all receive a revelation from you today, God, in Jesus' name and amen. And Jesus commissioned his followers. Oh, yes, please, those that are going to be baptized. I'll tell you, I am getting old. I told them back there, I said, I'll probably forget. Those who are going to get baptized, stand with me, please, would you? Stand. Come on, we got several. Follow Pastor Aaron. Would you do that, please? Those are going to be baptized. Come on, don't be bashful. All right. Amen. I'm just going to continue right on. You just follow Pastor Aaron. Hey, let's give those who are going to be baptized a, a great hand this morning. Awesome. Look at this. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus commissioned, Jesus commissioned his followers, not only the 11 apostles, but all that was present, more than 500 disciples. Now, I want you to note something of crucial importance. Uh, it, it was impossible for that generation to be able to spread the gospel throughout the entire world in their lifetime. So therefore, that commission is given to not only the first generation of believers, but it's given to you and I today to go. That's our commission. The very same charge given to them is given to you and I. Verse 19 said, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. What does he mean? make disciples. Well, what did Christ do? Uh, Jesus said in Luke 19 and 10, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The lost are those that are perishing. The lost are those who are being destroyed. Those that are losing out on eternal life because they do not have a personal relationship with God. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of heaven. There is only one way to heaven and that is through Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is still without the shedding 
shedding of the blood, the Bible said there is no remission of sin. If you believe that, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. He sought the lost. He sought those that were willing to commit their lives to him. He saved them. Then what did Christ do? He attached himself to them, molding that person into his very image. And, and I'll tell you, man, I'm glad that he touched me. I'm glad that he saved me. And I'm glad that he's been molding and shaping me into his image. And he still got a lot of work to do. Uh, if that's you, give God another hand clap and a shout of praise. The Bible said we are to go. Yes, because we are to make disciples. And, and I feel like, and I've said it before, that we've fallen short, but I really believe that there's a move taking place. Uh, he commissioned us to baptize all nations. Baptism is of crucial importance. Christ says that it is essential as teaching and we're gonna be honored here today and blessed to be a part of a baptism service and that excites me where a lot of churches are not even open right now and a lot of churches that are opening are struggling and here we are. God is allowing us to see people saved and baptized even during a pandemic because with God, all things are possible. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. So baptism is very essential, even though it's a one-time uh, one act. Baptism is supposed to be uh, the immediate sign uh, that a person is now stepping out of the unbelieving ranks uh, and now I am a Christ a follower and I'm taking a stand with Jesus. Uh, listen to Mark chapter 16, verse 16. He that believeth, and is baptized. Now do you understand that did not say he that is baptized and believeth. Uh, there's an order right there for a reason. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Baptism does not come before salvation. And the church corporate worldwide, some have got the ox ahead of the cart or the horse ahead of the cart, whatever. Baptism without salvation is no more than a bath. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's good to take a bath. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, you ought to try it once in a while. <laughs> hey, I just gotta be me and just gotta laugh but listen, baptism, two things are said to be essential for salvation. First is belief. Second is baptism. Baptism is a symbol or a sign that one believes and has been saved. And, and, and we're just, as a church, we're baptizing little children uh, sometimes at one year of age. And we don't do that because that's not the teaching of the word of God. We do a baby dedication that has nothing to do with the baby, everything to do with the parents, that the parents will give the child every opportunity to understand and know Jesus Christ. And then as a child gets to a certain age, and we're 
water baptized and some this morning that are very young, but I'm telling you, they know Jesus Christ uh, and they know the Lord is God Almighty. So it comes to an age, then once salvation, then you baptize them. Can somebody say amen? Look at Matthew chapter 28, the last part of verse 20. He says, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Jesus promises to always be with his followers. And I want you to note that word, lo, and some translation says, behold, he's saying, wake up and listen to me. He was about to encourage them in the great task that he had charged to their care, the great commission. He said, you've got to go and you've got to tell people about me. Christ is with the believer. As you and I go forth, so oftentimes I have people tell me, well, I'm just silent in my faith. I, I just can't speak up. That's why he says, lo, I am with you. That's why Pastor Kerry said, pray and ask God to give you a vision of who you can share your faith with. And God said, I will go with you. God will open up the door. He will give you the person. He will prepare their heart. Yesterday, I stood in a, a, underneath a tent to preach a, a, a funeral. And, and you know, it's easy here, but out in the world, when there's a lot of people and, and, and you don't know their heart, and, and I, I was nervous, I, I really was, and, and uh, I just prayed before I got there, God, touch these people's hearts, uh, and as I began sharing, I looked around, and almost everybody's wiping tears out because God had showed up, and God had said, hey, I'm with you. You go and you share my gospel, and I will take care of everything else. Christ will be with you. You don't, we need the secret service. Service. Uh, we need the undercover police, but we don't need the secret service of Christ and the undercover Christian. We need each and every one of us to come out and say, let me tell you, look what the Lord has done for me in my life, how he has set me free and delivered me. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! Isaiah. You like the way I say that? Isaiah. 41 and 10. Fear thou not. For I am with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now listen, I'm not saying this to chastise nobody, but I read this statistic and I've read it before. 95%, it is estimated that 95% of all Christians have never won a soul to Christ, never. It's estimated that 80% of all Christians do not consistently witness for Jesus Christ. So I ask you a question, your circle of influence, where you work, do they know that you're a Christ follower? Sad, but many are satisfied to be saved, to soak up and to have that self-secure gospel, salvation, that you know you're on your way to heaven, but Jesus said, that's not enough. He said, go ye into all the world. I remember when we had our hearts set on coming here. And Pastor Timmy Sandy, they wanted our church and we wanted them to have it. And financially, they were not in a place and God blessed us to where we could bless them and they was able to pay a small fraction 
of what it was worth. And I don't know, can't remember how many people and some probably from our own church said, have you lost your mind? Why would you sell that church a mile down the road to another church? They're gonna be your competition and they might take some of your people. Well, first of all, you aren't my people and I'm glad. You God's people, he can deal with you. Second of all, we ain't in competition. There's one family, his name is God, Jesus Christ. One family and there's enough lost people in this valley to fill this church up and every other church around. Somebody give him a shout of praise. Our calling is not just to sit back and to endure to the end, but to storm the gates of hell. And Jesus said the gates of hell shall the rock, the gospel, the word of God, the gates of hell shall not prevail. And hell, Kim is throwing everything at the church right now that they can throw. But I got good gospel news for you. Just throw the kitchen sink and everything else because my God is still in control and Jesus is seated at the right hand side of the Father interceding on my behalf and your behalf and we can take no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Somebody give him a shout and a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Woo! We've been commissioned to go into the world and tell the glorious good news of a crucified and risen Savior. How do we, what, what do we say? We tell people how he specializes in saving souls. How do you do that? You tell them, look what the Lord has done for me. He took me off of a bar stool and he saved my soul. He gave me a love that I never knew before toward him and all mankind. He's changing lives. You can tell him how he's changing lives, how he changed your life. Has God changed anybody's life in here? Wave at me, wave at me, wave at me. You that aren't waving, I hope he touches you and changes you before you leave. And then you can wave on your way out. You can tell him about he, how he specializes in eternal destinies. Huh? This ain't all that there is. This is not our home. The Bible said we're strangers just passing through. We're on our way home. We all have a divine mandate. The Great Commission is to go. So as you and I pass through this world, we are to carry the gospel message with us and we are to share it with everyone that we meet. Now listen, I, uh, I, I've had some stressful uh, thoughts and some, some uh, uh, anxiety and uh, just a little bit of things over the past week and, and, and uh, I was walking into a funeral home to make a visit Friday afternoon. I've been in this funeral home uh, a thousand times and as I cut the corner to sign the register, two little girls was running and the one of them bumped and I almost knocked this old fat boy down. I'd have rolled clear down through the casket probably. But anyhow, she, I didn't notice who she was. And she took about four steps and she just stopped. And she looked back at me. And instantly I knew who she was. She'd been born and raised in this church, in and out with her family. She hasn't had a lot of the opportunities that my kids had. And I said to her, do you know who I am? And she said these words, you are my pastor Robert. And she walked over and she wrapped her arms around my knees. She began to hug me and the Lord laid in my spirit. I'm not only responsible for my children, but as the shepherd, the under shepherd, as the pastor, 
I have a great responsibility to these young children, to the teenagers, to the young adults, to preach the word of God, to tell them the truth, to tell them about Jesus. And as I was leaving there, I thought to myself, Lord, it would be so awesome. She remembered who I was. I hadn't seen her in a year. Lord, what if she's 15? Or what if she's 20? And life brings her a crossroads. And the devil wants her to go one way. And Scotty, she says, I can remember my pastor telling me the truth. Silence is not an option. If you are a Christ follower, you need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So how do we do that? There's two ways that I want to touch on. One is our lifestyle. I thought of this also if I would I got in my truck there from the funeral home and I'd have went down to the go-mart and walked out with a case of beer in my hand. And that little girl would have walked in, I'd have given her mixed signals. I didn't say drinking a beer to send you to hell. I didn't say that. That's between you and God. But I've been called out of that. So it's our lifestyle. How is your lifestyle? Sometimes you don't even have to speak a word to anyone. Most of the time, they really don't care what you know. They want to know if you care. Jesus said in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, just for reference in 1 John 1 and 5, the Word of God says that God is light. In John 8 and 12, again in 9 and 5, Jesus Christ said that he, Jesus, he said, I am the light of the world. Now, here Jesus says, you and I are the light of the world. What a compliment. What a great compliment. But what a great responsibility if we are truly the light of the world, let me ask you personally, you don't have to answer out loud. When is the last time you shared Jesus with somebody? When is the last time that you said, listen, I am a Christ follower? I'm telling you. I got a phone call this week. Now, nah, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. It had to do with 30 years ago. I'm not going to go there. Now I got you all messed up. No, no. Please, Pastor, I'll be getting text messages after a while. God is light, Christ is light, and the believer is said to be the light of the world. How about our joy? How about our peace? How about the way we live our life? It ought to reach out and speak volumes to people that are not of faith to say, look at the peace on that individual even through chemo. Look at the peace of that individual while they're burying their loved one. When my mom was dying, she'd lift her hands and she would worship God. That spoke volumes to the hospice nurses that came in. She didn't have to tell them what the Bible said. She showed them what it meant. Stand with me this morning. It involves our lips. We are told to teach. That word has the idea of making disciples or to instruct. You and I are commissioned to make disciples. The message we are to share, share is very clear. Jesus came as the savior of the world. 
He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to this world to make a way for lost sinners to come to God. If the band would come back, please. I didn't forget that. He achieved every purpose that he had ever had for coming to this world. And listen, Isaiah 53 and 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Let that sink into your spirit. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Said all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. How can you keep the good news silent? When I got saved, you know, I had a, you've heard me say I had a drug problem as a kid. Mom and dad drug my butt to church. But when I got about 15, I went a different direction. At age 22, the Lord touched me on the bar stool. I gave my life to Christ that night. And I remember going home and we had a party line. Some of you know what the party line is. And you pick up the phone. If nobody else was on there, you could talk. If other people was talking, you did a good Christian-like thing. You listened. <laughs> and I picked up the phone and neighbors were talking and I said, hey, I got saved tonight on the phone. But time with a cord. Not Green Acres, didn't have to climb no pole. I started rejoicing and they began rejoicing. And when they got off the phone and I called everybody and I said, I got saved tonight. Why? Because it's the good news. It's the gospel. The great commission should not be the great omission. We've been silent too long. The Bible says sheep beget sheep. So how do you witness to someone? Kind of goes like this. Hey, let me tell you where I used to live and how I used to operate. And can I tell you that the love of Christ is so good that he came in and he, he touched my heart. I can't explain it. I really don't know, but I felt it. Yes. Friend, he's done so much for me and changed my outlook and changed my destiny that I just can't have this relationship between us and not tell you how good Jesus has been to me. I'll tell you, he changed my life. He did. He changed my destination. Where would I be today without the Lord? God only knows. Who do you love that you've not shared your faith with? Is it your mom? Is it your dad? Is it a child? Is it a grandparent? Is it a coworker that you just think, I got plenty of time. One evening, I know it's getting long, but the Baptists are gonna beat us to the restaurant this morning. That's just all that's gonna happen. And one time my wife and I was sitting upstairs and we was watching a West Virginia Mountaineer football game. And we got a phone call that changed our life. My wife's father that we loved, and many in this room loved him dearly, never knew what hit him. 
the widow maker had a massive heart attack. When I walked in the house and they were working on him, I knew he was gone. But the good news of that story is he knew the Lord with all of his heart and he told everybody about him. My mom in her last few months in the hospital, I went there and the nurse said, I need to speak to you out in the hall. We went out in the hall. And the nurse said, you need to tell your mom to stay in her room and quit going to everybody's room on this floor tell them about Jesus. I looked at her. I said, I'll tell you what you do. You go tell my mom. Because somewhere along the line, Indy, she accepted that commission. Go and tell. Every head bowed and every eye closed. To the Christian first. Have you shared Jesus? Rocky teacher, God didn't mention this in the first service. He was here. Rocky carries a box of New Testament Bibles in his pickup. Hands them out daily. Rocky is not a pastor. He's led more people to the Lord than I'll ever think about. What an awesome example. Have you shared Jesus with anybody? Anybody? If not, may the Lord speak to your heart today. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast.